welcome to Rock Paper Swords, the historical action and adventure podcast. My name is Matthew Harfey. And my name is Stephen A. McKay. We're both best-selling historical fiction authors, and together we chat about all things historical and anything that could fall under the banner of action and adventure in books, film, TV and games. Oh, and we also talk about rock music from time to time. Our guest today is Darren Hardy, manager of the UK author and editorial programmes at Amazon. Before that, Darren was UK manager for Kindle Direct Publishing. With nearly 20 years working at Amazon, Darren is the perfect person to answer all our questions about what goes on behind the scenes at KDP and what new and exciting plans Amazon has for the future. Hello, Darren. Hello. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Glad to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on. It's brilliant to be here. First question that I've got for you is, could you please tell our listeners and us a bit about who you are and what your role um, entails and maybe a little bit about your history and Amazon and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, usually whenever I start a conversation like this, I have to explain that job title because it's long and often people <laughs> say, what What does that mean? Um, so uh, yes, in general terms, uh, my, one of my primary responsibilities is um, helping to look after Kindle Direct Publishing in the UK. So that often involves, as Stephen will be painfully aware, sort of going to events and running all the panel discussions and really sort of highlight to authors um, how KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, can help them on their publishing journey and inevitably sort of answer uh, questions that um, come up as part of that. Uh, my team also um, looks after other areas of the business, like sort of relationships with literary agents. Um, we also run out of my team the Amazon Literary Partnership Program, which is the donation program that we have that donates money to nonprofit organizations around the UK that are supporting a love of writing, be it sort of working with children in after school clubs, working with underrepresented communities or authors that are looking for mentoring. We um, make donations to those groups all around the UK um, and help them sort of deliver their programs, which is something that we're incredibly sort of passionate and excited about uh, being involved in. Um, and also within my team, we look after some of our editorial programs. So, you know, Amazon, we are a team of book lovers and uh, you know, it, it's most days we will start the day with a discussion about a book that we've read or a book that we're looking forward to and obviously Amazon is famous for its algorithms and it's you know because customers looked at this also looked at that but we also talk about the books that we love and if you go onto the Amazon uh, books website you can see some articles about authors that we've interviewed or book lists that we've put together that just convey hopefully some of the sort of recent books that we've looked at that we've been particularly excited about and uh, so yes that, that's, that's some of the things that um, that I get to do in in my role you mentioned algorithms there this is not a question that we had noted down actually i don't know why that's perfect but um i remember it when i was in the london at the london book fair we went out for dinner and i'm sure it was the guy that was the head of create space at the time okay yeah. big tall american guy mm. i was sitting beside him and i asked him about the algorithms and he said to me even we don't know how they work <laughs> so was he was he just pretending do you know no, how absolutely. they work? It, it, it is funny, is it? We all talk about the algorithms. And I think there's a perception that somewhere at Amazon, there's this massive computer with a sort of yeah, clock running, yeah. like doing all these calculations. And of course, it's it's not like that at all. There are all sorts of things going on. And um, obviously, the key thing from, from our point of view is what we're trying to do is help uh, readers discover their next you know great read, an author that maybe they've never heard of, but might be interested in, or a genre where they're looking for something different or whatever it might be. So there are all sorts of things going on on the website that mean that when you you go to the website what you're seeing is tailored to your interests and it will be completely different to what I see when I go to the website and what you know somebody sitting next to us might see uh, when they go to the website but it's all working in the background sort of trying to look for links between books links between authors that would enable us to recommend a book or an author to another customer so uh, yes I would not pretend to understand how any of that works but every time I click on a book on the Amazon website I think oh that looks interesting I think yep that's the the algorithm algorithm, whatever that means, working yeah. in the way that it should to find me something that I will be interested in. And yet there's people out there that will take money off the likes of us, pretending that they know how, how the mm. algorithm works. And, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll show you how to get around it and how to play it. There's a, there's a comment, you just reminded me, there's a common meme that um, as an author, I, I see every now and again, I'm sure Stephen's seen it, maybe you've seen it too, Darren, where it talks about 
when you get 50 reviews, yeah, you magically yeah. the algorithm <laughs> changes and somehow <laughs> you 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 suddenly get boosted by Amazon's algorithms and people will see your book, you know, if you get 50 reviews or something. If you get 100 reviews, they'll I know, send you a box of chocolates or something. But there's <laughs> in the in the in this meme it says this. I, I've always been a very um yeah, I've, I've been very dubious, very skeptical. That's the yeah, way very skeptical. I've never noticed a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, from our point of view, the more information we have about customers shopping particular books, the the more connections that hopefully we can make between different customer types and sort of make the recommendations and so on. But yes, there is there is no magic formula that says you get x number of reviews you get sort of y average five star rating all pages read in kindle unlimited or whatever it might be and then suddenly a door opens and and the sort of magic happens all you need you know you, you need one sale you need one customer review and that's the start of the process now obviously if you have 100 sales or 100 customer reviews that gives us more information and more data mm. but yes it's i think people can get very hung up on the fact that there's a secret formula out there that they are the only person that hasn't been told and of course one of the joys of publishing is nobody knows um and this isn't you know this is just within independent publishing this is all of publishing you know, i've worked in the books industry for many many years and i've sat down in front of a book and thought this is an absolute surefire number one bestseller and never heard of it again and yeah. others where i thought well, yes i'm really not sure about this book only to find a few weeks later it's the top of the charts and nobody knows how that works i think it's one of the great joys of the publishing industry also maybe one of the frustrations for many people because they yeah. would like it to be a, a simple formula but no i think it, it's one of the great things is you know, authors are creating so many wonderful ideas so many varied ideas there is not a secret formula that anybody can say i can tell you how to do this um and yeah. uh yeah i'd be very wary of those kinds of things we get asked it all the time don't we matthew mm. we get emails yeah. and messages you know what's your tips how do i do this like you did and yeah. it's I was just, just thinking. Just what? thinking. I remember right back when I, the first, my first couple of books, I self-published on on Kindle, um, just the same as, as Stephen. In fact, I was basically copying Stephen. So I saw <laughs> Stephen was successful, so I thought I'll I'll jump on and do the same sort of thing. And um, and I remember some another writer who'd been published for a few books had, uh, when I published my first book, um, contacted me and sort of said, you know, I don't know how you've done it, but you've done so well, getting all these reviews, and everything. And I thought, well, I don't know, how I've done it. Either. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, exactly. What do you mean? <laughs> I just wrote this book and put it on Kindle and asked some people for reviews and everything. Yeah, yeah. It just went well. It's, it's your luck, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more the to it. That's it. I mean, you definitely see a difference between authors that take it very seriously as a business, have a clear yeah. business plan, a marketing plan and all those other things versus somebody who's just happy to get their book published. You know, and if, if one person buys it, then that's amazing. And that's brilliant. But I think it's, it's, it's always one of the interesting things whenever we do um, like our panel discussions as a way of trying to highlight some of the experiences that authors that we know that have been successful have gained is they will you know, more often than not say, well, this has worked for me. Um, there's absolutely no guarantee it will work for anybody else but here's my my experience and take yeah. a, you know take of that what you will and discard what you don't uh, like and absolutely um there is no no sort of magic formula that's going to guarantee success that's for sure just on successful authors we recently had peter gibbons on uh, yes podcast. of course yes he won the Kindle Storyteller Award mm. last year. So can you tell us a bit about the award and what people need to know to enter? I'd always assumed it'd be best to enter book one in a series. Ah, Peter, yes. Peter won it and his book was like the third or fourth. So that was a That's surprise right. to me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Kindle Storyteller, um, we are in our seventh year in the UK. We've been running this writing competition for, for seven years now. Between the 1st of May and the 31st of August, if you publish a new book through KDP, you can enter um, into this writing contest. There is a website page you can go to, which is amazon.co.uk forward slash storyteller, and you can find all the information there. You need to um, upload a keyword within your metadata, which helps us identify um, that you've entered the book. And uh, in the UK it's Storyteller UK 2023 as I say you can find that on the website if you want to go and have a look um, and there's a few other sort of terms and conditions as well that you need to apply the book goes into KDP Select so that it can participate in Kindle Unlimited which obviously for many authors is a huge sort of interest driver for readers and, and revenue driver um, and what we do is we use um, over the once the books uh, the, the competition is uh, closed for entries on the 31st of August we compile all the customer data that we can see about those books so pages read in Kindle 
unlimited unit sales, customer reviews. And we use that to distill the thousands and thousands of entries that we get into a shortlist. And usually the shortlist is around sort of five titles. Um, and so it's really driven by customer, you know, customer behavior, wh- which right. books have they liked? Right. And we look at it from a couple of different dimensions because obviously we also want to make sure that lots of different types of authors um, have a chance to sort of be selected. So, you know, if we just ran a simple bestseller report, then you're obviously going to have all your big selling KDP authors are participating, but we also look at some of the quality of the customer reviews and so on. Um, and then we take that to a judging panel and the judging panel read all of the um, shortlisted books and select their winner. And this year, the judging panel, um, there's usually some Amazon people I, I get to um, participate, which I'm always very excited about. Um, members of our editorial team often participate. And we also have uh, Sue Perkins and Floella Benjamin participating this year as two mm. of our sort of celebrity um, celebrity um, ambassadors, if I can put it that way. And really what they're looking for is the best storyteller you know the the book that tells you the best story and we've often had books shortlisted that have been midway through a a series and that's absolutely fine as long as you can pick that book up and lose yourself in the story quite Mm -hmm. quickly and not be sort of confused by the fact that you haven't read the previous five volumes in um, in the series that's absolutely fine um and so we've had a, a real mix of titles that have been shortlisted before you know including also non-fiction which you know when we're talking about storytelling it is storytelling in, in its sort of real diversity so a couple of years ago we had um, a book called llama drama was our winner by anna mcnuff which was a autobiography uh, account of her cycling through um, South America with a friend, which was absolutely amazing story. You know, it, it was mm-hmm. it was factual based, but she had a really great gift for storytelling. Um, and uh, yeah, I would encourage anybody publishing a book um, in those in that entry window to enter. And who knows, you know, it could be you. Uh, £20,000 prize, um, as well as some sort of marketing and some support. And as a, you know, often with the um, authors that win, they then sort of participate in some of our other programs, maybe come and participate in um, author panel discussions and all those sorts of things so yeah it's, it's hugely exciting one of the best things about my job is getting to like read those books and uh, and sort of contact the shortlisted authors and get to meet them and uh, and hear their stories it's it's such a great initiative so yeah looking forward to it this year so it does have yeah. to be published within that window though that's right yeah, yes right. between the 1st of may and 31st of august and it has to be a new book so right. a new book published between uh, between those dates right okay okay so there's a random question. Just thinking, uh, like you said, it needs to be a new book. Could it be a translation? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> yeah, as long as it's a newly published so it's a translation, new, new published English that's translation, right. or does it can it be in any language, or does it have to be in English? Um, our contest is for the English language. We do have other contests running around yeah. the world um, yeah. in other languages. Yeah. So there is an equivalent in Germany, France, Italy, Spain. Uh, I think our Brazilian deal is an Indian one. That's it, India, yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's a number of different, and you know, if you have the same book that you have translated into all those languages, then of course, yes, you could enter those um, in all the different languages as well. So, so, you know, the key thing is you, um, it's your book, you know, you have the rights to it. It's a newly published title um, from the 1st of May to 31st of August that you've published. um, And, um, and you would then go through the selection process. But as I say, the, the rules, the terms and conditions and all of that are on the website at amazon.co.uk forward slash storyteller so have a look there brilliant well it was great mm-hmm. speaking to um peter peter gibbons just recently mm. and um you know, he's a lovely guy we never met him before but it was you know, it was great having a chat with him he's obviously burst onto the scene of the same sort of genre that Stephen and i mm. both write and and i think really um i think it'd be fair to say that the, the story the kindle storyteller award has changed his his career really you know he i think until the end of last year he was still working a day job and he's become a full-time writer now mm. um probably as a large part off the back of winning that award as well as everything else <laughs> so i think you know it really really made a made a difference so yeah. it's, it's fantastic it is it's so brilliant and it's so it's so sort of such a privilege to be part of that i mean yeah and, and storyteller winners we've had um relatively new um authors like peter who've been writing for a short period of time some of our winners before have been very well established authors um as, as stephen's saying sometimes it's like volume one in a series sometimes it's later in a series it's really sort of wide open sort of entry um sort of criteria and you know the books that come through are from a wide variety of different sort of backgrounds as well so uh, yeah we try and sort of make it as as inclusive 
inclusive as we can, you know, as broad as we can. Obviously, we need some rules to make it manageable. Yeah. Um, and we also hope that across that sort of window, it acts as a real sort of spur for authors. And I hear from authors a lot of the time, yes, I'm writing my book, I'm, I'm almost there. But actually, publishing can sometimes be quite a big step. Is it really finished? Am I really done? And so we think, you know, hopefully by creating that sort of deadline, essentially, um, it might give people that spur to think, okay, this is it. 31st of August, I'm going to get my book published in before that so that I can enter the competition. And uh, that would be brilliant, you know, if we can help authors over that finish line. Yeah, brilliant. Well, before we, well, when we knew we were going to get you on the um, the podcast, we put out on on Twitter and um, and Facebook and asked our listeners whether they had any questions uh-huh. to put to somebody from KDP and Amazon. <laughs> so we've got a few questions um, that we've compiled. Um, obviously, we've got quite a few um, independently published authors and people that are interested in that. So um, the first one that several people asked um, about a recent change there has been to categories, mm. apparently. So I don't know much about this at all because now I don't really get involved with the whole category thing as I'm not, I've got like one novella and self-published, but most of it I'm not involved in that. But it seems that, so you can tell us a bit more about it, but it seems that the new rules only allow three categories, but in the past you used to be able to pick a couple and then K- you could then ask KDP to add another eight so you'd get maybe 10 in total. Um, so what's the thinking behind this change and, and how does it impact you know, writers' ability to reach their audience? Can people select different categories in different marketplaces? Categories Sometimes the categories, are, some <laughs> countries have got different categories. You know, historical fiction in the USA might be a different thing in mm. the UK. So... Yes, that's right. Yes. I mean, ultimately, what we've been trying to do is simplify the process. As you say, Matthew, there was there was a time where there was a, a sort of quite a complex process of adding multiple categories. And, and I think really almost like over engineering the process in a way. And I think there was that temptation of thinking, OK, well, I can have X number of categories, so therefore I should have X number of categories. And ultimately, it didn't really help the reader's experience on the website you know, is sort of most books have like a couple of key categories that they're in you know and um, and that's where most readers will go to sort of go and find them and so we felt it would be a much better um reader experience um, and also a much simpler author experience to be able to say okay let's focus this down a little bit three categories is going to get you where you need to be on the website there's no doubt about it you know and that will help I think reduce some of the churn and some of the worry that um, in some ways maybe an author is not doing everything that they can do to um, to sort of get their book into all these different places around the website where it, it may belong so yes I think that's really it. And, and really the key driver around that is thinking about your book uh, where you know where are your readers going to be on the Amazon website and often um, we know from lots of authors experience the way they do that is they go and look at their similar books you know they go and look at authors that they admire in, in a yeah. category that they know they write in and have a look and and see what sort of information that gives you in terms of what you should do for your book and then put those categories on your book and um, and that will um that will be a great starting but obviously you know with all of your metadata um around your book so um your product descriptions the keywords you're putting into your book to help it sort of surface in search results all those kind of things you can change you know you can you can update a lot of that information um on kdp on a sort of regular basis obviously it helps not to do it too often because you're going to confuse your readers if they come to the website and books are sort of disappearing and reappearing all sorts of other places but it is the sort of thing where you can put let's say you know put your three categories in see how that goes put in your keywords see how that goes give it a period of time see what kind of reader engagement you're getting and then if needs be you know go and make some changes and um, and see what that does so so hopefully a great simplify it's still re- relatively early days obviously um and as you say you know some of the um categorization structures um vary around the world so it can sometimes take a little bit of getting used to in terms of what's the industry standard you know what are what are readers in france expecting a book to be classified as versus a reader in the uk um and again you know there's there's no magic formula with these kind of things i think it's a question of like thinking about your book what's right for your readers and um and sort of and, and using that and seeing how that goes i think the so the just- subtitles sorry matthew the subtitle, changing the subtitle. Uh, I never really used to bother with subtitles, mm. but I, I put a short story recently and I had a subtitle. And after about a week, I thought, I'll try a different one. And as soon as I changed it, I actually got to number one in one of the charts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was just down to that subtitle because I put in a word, I think it was chatbot or something. And I mm. thought that's obviously caught people's attention. 
So like you say, there's no magic formula. Mm. You have to just try different things and hopefully something will come off eventually. And it, yeah. it is good that you can kind of change these things around. Mm. Yeah. So so I was going to ask about the, the category thing. So this changing the number of categories. So how is this linked to the different charts that there are? Are the charts related? Are, are the charts the categories? Does this mean that now my book, A Time for Swords, won't be numbered? one in metalwork as it has been for i don't know how many how many years <laughs> if it doesn't belong in metalwork then yes absolutely I it's certainly got swords so. in it that's right. yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> yes i mean yes obviously it will impact um potentially where your book is surfacing around the website but of course yeah, we also have a look at where we put um where we can like we talked about earlier with things like um you know the sort of the algorithms and all of those kind of things we're always looking for how we can surface a book in front of a reader who might be interested in it and a lot of that is based on the you know the website um, and where it is and category will be a big part of that keywords will be a big part of that but then you know also it's driven by um us sending out emails are sending out um, you know, author follows alerts to readers saying, you know, here's a, a, an mm -hmm. author you might be interested in. So there's all sorts of different ways in which uh, a book can sort of be helped to get in front of the right reader. Categories is clearly one of them and clearly an important one, but it's not the only one at all. And I think with all of these changes, it's always important to bear in mind, you know, your book, ultimately, it's a product. You've got a number of different levers in which you can pull to get that product in front of potentially sort of interested customers. Think about it all in the round. Think about how it all fits together um, and try not to sort of uh, get too worried about one particular element of it obviously each element needs to be right but it's about the whole sort of broad mm -hmm. mix and here you know listen from listen to your readers you know, often you'll see um, customer reviews say oh you know I thought this book was going to be this type of book you know the title I was confused by the title or I was confused by the, the product description or I found this book in this category I think it should have been this other category you know you can use that feedback to um, hone your strategy over time yeah, I got a review for the short story. <clears throat> it was complaining that he bought it because it was too short. Even though it's in the title and it's on the cover, a quick read. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you can only do your best, can you? That's it. It's one of the joys. One of the joys, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, we hear so many of those stories. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, I mean, you know, it may be that you've done everything that you can mm. and perhaps for some reason that reader was just confused. But it's it is, it's interesting feedback. You can have a look at it and um, and see, well, is there something I could have done differently? Is there something I should have added to the product description or the subtitle or whatever it might be? Um, it's it's all good information. I was going to say one of the highlights talking about all the um, the things that that Amazon does and sends emails out to people directing them to new books and things that they might like. One of the highlights of every few weeks um, is I'll get an email from Amazon recommending my own book, to me, book which yeah. I always find amusing. Yes, yeah, so, so, so one of my books is like, oh, you might like this. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. probably because you've bought so many copies of your own book, Matthew. <laughs> That's true. You never know. Probably. Ten, ten thousand paperbacks. Huge... Huge I think it's probably not so much that I bought them, but probably surfed the web looking at them because it definitely will know how many times you clicked on the page. Yeah. And as a, as an author, um, as we've admitted in the past, we read all of our reviews. So somebody yeah. that goes in and looks, checks the reviews, and then raves at the bad reviews and and celebrates less so the, the positives because obviously that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it probably Amazon algorithm somewhere is going like this. Guy's looked at this these Matthew Harvey books like seven million times in the last three years. He must love them. We'll move on to this one. Gary Bowl says to thank you at KDP for what you do, helping authors get published. And I think we can both agree, me and Matthew, that it's a wonderful system. I wrote a story recently about artificial intelligence. I started it on the Tuesday and I published it on KDP the next Tuesday. So wow. it only took Amazing. a week. So yeah, thank you for, for everything you do. But on the subject of short stories, the chart placings, uh, so the story has, say, 30 pages, and a full novel has 300 pages. So would I have to sell like 10 times that, or have 10 times the amount of page reads on Kindle Unlimited to get to the same chart place as one novel being fully read? Do you know, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, interesting question. Well, I mean, obviously, chart placings are uh, chart placements are, is an amalgamation of a whole variety of things. I mean, ultimately, right. you know, we're looking at unit sales, we're looking at pages 
red, we're, you know, all those sorts of things. So I don't think there's any sort of hard and fast rule that says, yes, you know, as a short story of 10% the length of yeah. a full novel, if I can put it that way, you need to sell 90% sort of more in order to compete. It, it's not it's not quite like that. Um, right. I mean, to be honest, chart placing is a little bit like the algorithm conversation. <laughs> I do not understand <laughs> the sort of the, the, the no doubt hugely complicated sort of uh, mechanics behind chart placements. But no, I think the key thing is just selling as many as you can um, right. and obviously pages read and, and those sorts of things and and that inevitably will will help your chart placement but uh but yeah it's an interesting one interesting question so following on from the conversation about um the fact that Stephen wrote a story about ai um ai obviously is a huge mm. thing at the moment yeah. and We've got, a, again, a question from one of our readers, Jason McAuliffe. I never know how to pronounce his surname. That's the second time he's put in a question. I don't know. I need to find out. But, yeah, um, he asked, I'd like to know if Amazon have been flooded with AI-written books, and if so, are they going to set up some sort of screening to prevent utter rubbish from entering their stores? So that's the question. And then following on from that, um, we just saw a news article yesterday. Actually, I think it was a tweet that somebody had tweeted and then the news article picked up on it. But um, it appeared that there were lots of AI-generated books appearing in top 100 lists in some categories. And it looked like lots of page reads on, on Kindle Unlimited. So they got some sort of click farms working to read these books that had been generated with probably drivel. Um, and so you, all of that seems to link into the question, really. So what what is Amazon doing about mm. this, You know what's happening? Yes, but I guess there's there's two elements to that. There's one is like the general question, which the whole industry is debating about mm. AI and its role in publishing. And, uh, and that, I mean, that's a fascinating question. I'd love to be sort of having this conversation in maybe a year's time to see how this is all going to evolve, because it's still early days, but obviously it's yeah. moving very, very quickly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm aware, um, even before this sort of recent discussion, how authors have used um, AI tools and, and various things in, in their writing um, you know and obviously someone was even telling me that ultimately even a spell checker is is a form of ai in a way well i was thinking this when we're talking about algorithms that mm. is also you know it's big data yeah, it's that's AI. AI, yeah. there's yeah. the difference is is that this is generative ai and so there's yes. different categories and i think it's all but now this sort of generative ai is becoming the catch-all kind of when everyone's yes. saying ai they're thinking absolutely. about things actually generating content aren't they and writing yeah. stuff yeah absolutely yeah so i think from a general point of view yeah you know um authors will can hopefully continue to use a lot of these tools from a creative point of view and in, in a sort of very positive way. And obviously, you know, we'll continue to monitor how things develop and um, and sort of decide what, if anything, needs to, you know, needs to feed into our processes. I think to your the, the other part of your question around, you know, um, content that's being published um, and maybe sort of like the quality of that content and how it's maybe being used. We have very clear rules around both like the content being published through Kindle Direct publishing and you know anybody can go onto the website and have a look at the rules around what is and is not permitted and uh, we have you know processes that we use to make sure that those rules are adhered to similarly at the other side of the process in terms of your know, programs like kindle unlimited and and any sort of um purchasing you know on amazon again there are processes in place that make sure that those those systems are not abused and uh, and i think in you know i've seen some of those headlines i think in most of those cases you know, those those systems those issues have been dealt with um yeah. and we don't see those anymore so uh you know in, in all of these things again one of the great sort of joys of the publishing industry it never stops you know the whole industry is moving forward there's always a new idea or a new theme that's emerging and so it, i don't think you could ever say okay this is it there's never going to be a question of in these sorts of areas again but you know we take these rules very seriously and we spend a lot of time um, and there's a lot of people making sure that those rules are are met and adhere to and that, mm. that will always be the case yeah because i remember a long like a few years ago it was a, a real thing or a hot topic amongst writers was the fact that people were right were creating very very short books weren't they putting them onto kindle unlimited and getting like one you know three page reads was 100 percent of the book and so yeah, they're getting yeah. the same proportion as a 500 page novel or whatever and and that got clamped down on pretty quickly i guess by by kindle and they changed or by amazon mm. and they changed the way that things were paid out didn't they 
Yeah, I mean, we're always listening. I think that's one of the key things. Like I say, you know, the industry never stops. It's not like you've sort of dealt with every every issue or every opportunity. And so we're always listening. And, you know, these kinds of situations and uh, and where we're out at events and where authors are obviously very um, keen to give us feedback always help us learn and understand what's going on, understand what's working, you know, and also understand where we could do better. And all of that feeds into our plans and sort of what we're trying to do. Because ultimately, you know, with within Kindle Direct Publishing, the great thing about Kindle Direct Publishing from author's point of view is you can walk away from it at any point. You know, you're not tied apart from KDP Select, but, you know, 90-day exclusivity program. You're not tied to anything. And if mm-hmm. you don't like a service or it's not working for you and you've actually found an alternative, which is more effective for you, then then you have that complete fre- uh, sort of freedom. And so that really means that we have to do a good job. You know, we really have to make sure we are always thinking about authors and readers and how can we do better and uh, and these situations you know will evolve and we'll, we will learn from them as well yeah okay uh, we had another question i don't remember who asked us so apologies to whoever it was but they said any plans to open up ams ads for audible titles Oh, that's a really interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm afraid I don't. Be, um, I mean, obviously, advertising has has changed a lot um, over the last few years, and recently, you know, at, at KDP authors had a, a access to advertising through their KDP account. Also, um, sort of authors published through traditional publishing contracts, if I can put it that way, also have access to advertising. Mm-hmm. That's a fairly recent um, change. But yes, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. We'll have to come back to you on that one. No, I would quite like to be able to do that as well because mm-hmm. I've noticed recently that. My Audible books really don't sell very much. Mm. Uh, and I think it would be great to use ads somehow because there's not really anywhere to use advertising mm. for uh, audiobooks. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, that would be okay. a... Yeah. Thank you. I will make a note of that. Yes. Some feedback, some useful <laughs> feedback. There you go. So, yeah, I can't remember who asked it either. Yeah, we have to, we have to go back and find out. What about question number 10, Stephen? What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can ask that, Matthew. I can't ask that. You can. I'll have to. Uh, (laughs) So I really love being able to get paperbacks through KDP, which was Mm. formerly CreateSpace. So how do you see that side of things developing for you guys at KDP? Maybe Mm. opportunities for us authors to do price promotions. I mean, I I guess it must be really hard because there's paper costs that you just can't get around and they're Mm. like everything else, no doubt, going up. But do you have any plans for paperbacks or hardbacks yeah i mean certainly in terms of um the services that we offer on the print side absolutely i mean obviously hardbacks uh, were a recent innovation that we launched um as you say you know we started with the payback uh, a fair while ago now and um, and we had lots of feedback from authors saying yep you know I, we know that our readers would love a paper uh, love a hardback edition sorry so we added that in um uh, a little while ago and that's definitely been something that lots of people have been very sort of positive about i think it's really interesting i mean you go back a few years and it was very much a you know i am a digital author or I am a print author, and it was almost seen as two separate things. But increasingly, you can see how it's it's much, much more sort of um, blurred now, and that you have so many authors that maybe started as a di- digital author, um, where that was their primary focus, where they have these fans who want the block of books mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. their shelf, you know, and they want to be able to sort of yeah. collect them. Um, and so I think that shows no signs of, of, of sort of um, slowing down in any way at all. So I think, yes, print will continue to be something that we will look at um, I don't have any sort of specific announcements or information yeah, I can yeah. give you about any sort of forward plans at this stage, but um, you know, hardbacks proved very popular. Um, and some of the new services that we offered in terms of like um, uh, standard color printing. So c- c- printing, obviously, as you mentioned, can be quite expensive from a sort of color point of view. So we have a couple of different uh, color rates that we've introduced recently, which right. help with some of that as well. So yes, we will continue to look at that um, and, uh, and continue to listen um, and see what other opportunities we have in the future nice one have you got um so i know i think you did a were you involved Stephen, in the amazon academy events was that what yeah, you were yeah I, I, oh, yes. uh, I did glasgow and edinburgh uh, oh, they, were, so. they were good fun yeah <laughs> they were so amazing you, good fun so are there any more of those planned um, not specifically the academies, although we have been out and about. I mean, it's one of, again one of the great things about my job is I get to go to events and sort of meet people and and, and sit down and chat to them sort of face to face, which is so 
valuable in terms of hearing you know, mm -hmm. authors' experience. We recently did an event, um, uh, the SPS event, the self-publishing show live with Mark mm -hmm. Dawson and yep. James Blatch. Um, so that was, what, a week or so ago in London. Um, and we are in discussions with various groups about um, sort of getting out um, sort of further around the UK. So, yes, watch this space. But uh, it's always, always really interesting. I think the main thing is just knowing you know, where is the interest, where can we go um, and, and talk to people. We've done, we have in the in the past sort of like um Stephen says sort of done edinburgh glasgow newcastle manchester yeah, birmingham, I think. Cardiff, manchester. birmingham that's it yeah we've the isle of wight once we did we went to the isle of wight dublin yeah we've been around um to a few sort of different places so uh, always good always really interesting you mentioned mark dawson i mean it must be amazing seeing people like mark dawson and lj ross and of course yeah. stephen Mackay here um <laughs> whose careers have completely exploded and gone you know a stratospheric through um, yeah. publishing on on Kindle, it must yeah. it must be incredible to see that. I mean, it's amazing from us to see it, but from you, yeah, within absolutely, the yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, having been in this role <laughs> and in the, the business for for the years that I have, um, having sort of met an author at a relatively early stage in their career, talking mm -hmm. to them, and then watch as they go on from success to success it is so inspiring and it, it helps us as a team because you know we all have bad days in the office we all have things where you sort of think oh actually i could have done a better job there and then you look at the amazon charts and you see an author that you know has worked really hard and has been sort of really determined and you see their books riding high in the charts and you read the reviews um and it's just it is so such an inspiration especially when in many cases in in kindle direct publishing where the author themselves has probably faced you know has maybe faced some kind of challenge in their publishing and uh, oh, yeah. i think Stephen, i think yeah. you faced this where you had sort of like oh, publishers yeah. saying no 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 no, there's no market for this sort of exactly. book and you think mm. oh you know well, it would have been so easy to stop at that point and think okay um maybe yeah, it's not right uh, mm. it. and then you carry on and you think no Oh, this is this is a good book. I should get it published, and then you see it in the charts. It's it's so inspiring, and uh, and it's one of the great sort of um, aspects of our is our job is that we do get to meet these people where they think, yeah, I I almost stopped there, I almost gave up, but I didn't, and now I found my readers, and uh, and it's so rewarding. Yeah, that's a good it's, point. It's, actually, there, there must be loads of authors who are told like me, there's no market for your book. I was told that with both my series, uh, the Robin Hood and then the Druid series, that no, there's no market for these. And I've obviously proved that there is, but mm. there must be quite a lot of authors who well, have had it those happened rejections. To me too. We, we mean, yeah, you were told to me too. Yeah. I and, got got an agent, and it, the whole you know, went through that all of the publishers in the UK. No, no, yeah. and then my, my agent basically said at that point because it was very much an old school traditional uh, publishing guy. Mm. It was very much like, well, everyone said no, so throw that book away and write something else. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, what? Yeah. So I'm not doing that. And so I just and so I self published it, and then mm. lo and behold, after you sold a few thousand copies and got a few hundred reviews, suddenly the publishers think, oh yeah, actually. Yes. We'll publish you. No. But there yeah. must be loads of people that weren't quite as driven as us. Did just throw it in the bin yeah. and yeah, just gave absolutely. up completely. And it's a shame. It, really it is. is. It's such a shame. I mean, you put so much effort mm -hmm. into writing a book is such a hard piece of work. I mean, obviously, you know, you yeah. get your idea and you get all that energy, but it is a hard piece of work for ha yeah. to have somebody say you don't have the chance to put that in front of readers. Ultimately, it's about readers deciding who should be Absolutely. Yeah. And not yeah. even getting that chance uh, must be heartbreaking. And then you hear all those stories like J.K. Rowling and Stephen King and all those mm -hmm. hugely yeah. famous authors who were told uh, you know, no and rejected so many times. You think, what uh, if they'd said no and not, mm -hmm. and not published yeah. that book? And I think I think it's worth mentioning here for anyone listening who hasn't published, you know, and is thinking about it, you've written a book or you think halfway through writing a book or you've got the idea or whatever, that whatever, you know, whatever you think about the, the quality of your writing or the book or whatever other people say about it, that to publish on KDP, on Kindle Direct Publishing, um, it's free. It doesn't yeah. actually cost yeah. you anything. And this is what this is it came this is the point when when I was told by my public by my um agent at the time, um, basically that's it, you know, let's move on to something else. I just thought, well, if it doesn't cost me anything to put this thing out in the wild and see what happens, why the hell wouldn't I do it? Yeah. And so anyone who's anyone who's sitting there with a book and you think it might be good enough, you know, and nobody wants to publish it, well, just try because it doesn't yeah. cost you anything apart from a, a you know a few minutes or hours of you know getting it up onto the site and checking that everything works yeah. and formatting or whatever. But but really, it's a very simple process. You know, there's many companies out there charging hundreds and hundreds or even thousands of pounds to do that mm. for you. But really, it is a simple process. And if you just go online and follow the 
You can do it all yourself, follow the instructions yeah. for those are YouTube videos and help on or ask us do it very easily. Or ask us, ask anybody that's involved online. But there's there's a lot of there's a I think it yeah, it, it annoys me sometimes to see people kind of capitalizing on people's lack of knowledge mm-hmm. about these sort of things and, and charging huge amounts of money to effectively just stick it on, a, on KDP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And and we have lots of help content as well. And there's a program called Jumpstart that you can use, which is a really basic introduction to how the process works for somebody who's completely new to it. And you know, obviously as we know and, and you know obviously you've talked about there are thousands and thousands of authors using this process. It has been pretty well road tested mm-hmm. now. You know, mm-hmm. not, obviously there's always things that I'm sure we can improve but in terms of like getting the basics right it is a few simple clicks you take your time you know as the person in control of the process it's entirely up to you how quickly you go through that process and i've heard from many authors that go through the whole sort of getting it already and then they wait to like (laughs) press that publishing button and can wait days and weeks because they're just not sure and it's entirely up to them you know if that's what they want to do but then go ahead and click it and you know as, as an independent author you retain all of the intellectual property it's your book so if you decide that you want to change your mind mm-hmm. nobody can tell you uh, not to you just you know remove the book change the book whatever you want to do so as you say it, it's a it's a pretty low risk strategy if you've written the book you know the, if and you put it into a drawer like a virtual drawer yep. nobody will ever read it if you publish yep. it somebody might read it that's it well, this is, it, that's it that was my thinking and and the other thing was i mean i was just thinking it if if nobody reads it and you never find out, then what? It's just such a waste of time and effort. Yeah. I mean, as you're saying, and and in the end, if people like it, and and the other thing that there was a real stigma at the time, uh, I think it's less of a stigma now, but it's probably still there a bit. That people kind of have the idea that if you self-publish, you can never be traditionally published, mm-hmm. and people get worried and they think that one thing is more valid than the other. And I've been both, but and many people that we know of, including myself, you know, have been have self-published, independently published, and then been picked up by a traditional publisher and published traditionally. So you can do both. There's no reason why you can't. And it's often a springboard for that because it proves that you can write or that the product is good enough and that people are going to read it. So it's a way of proving to publishers if that's the way you want to go. You know, that's a... That's yeah, absolutely. Way. And and yes, why not? And uh, if somebody comes along and offers you a deal and, and, and you're attracted by that deal, then you have the option to take that deal. Equally, I think what we're finding, we're hearing from a lot of indies now is they're offered the deal and think, well, actually, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. Why would <laughs> I give up that yeah. control? And, uh, and yeah. you know, there's, again, there's no one way of doing it. It's down to the individual to decide what's right for them. And, um, and you make those choices. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the worst in, in many ways, I think the worst thing is that you put like let's say a year or two into writing that book and you're you're sort of knocked back and that and we hear this from authors you know that takes the wind out of their sails they put that book away um, and they stop writing and you yep. just oh you know, what what opportunity has been missed so at least if the book is out there you get yep. some reviews maybe you you might even learn that maybe often you hear lots of authors say well yes my first book wasn't wasn't a great book I'm, you know but but it was the foundation of a writing career and i learned so much from that book and you know the only way you can do that is by publishing it and and seeing what readers think and and then going on to the next one and of course that's often the biggest challenge is you get that huge sort of mm-hmm. sense of phew that's the first book out there but it doesn't stop you've got to keep going and um and then that's the second book and and so on so yeah in my experience it gets more difficult with each book that you write but um <laughs> but hey <laughs> yeah but and and if they have got it sitting in a drawer and they want to publish it, do it now so they can yeah. enter the storyteller. That's true. Yes, absolutely right. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So uh, I assume that you love reading yourself. Mm. So given your job, so what authors do you like? And a wee question that I thought to add on to that: Do you write yourself? Have you ever published on KDP? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I have not. Well, I have published on KDP in the sense that I've sort of tried to sort of test the process and right, make sure right. that it's all working and really understand how it works. I have um, famously or infamously two ideas for a novel, which I have been working on for the last 20 years, both of them, without them <laughs> getting beyond much beyond like half a dozen post-it notes, which I've sort of uh, stopped carrying around with me. Um, and, uh, and but they haven't really got much further than that. And it embarrasses me now when I when I sort of meet authors that I probably told like 
10 years ago yeah yeah i'm working on this book and they asked me how's it going i was like yeah it's basically <laughs> as it was about a decade ago which is mm. uh, which is very embarrassing um and, and it's what what sort of leaves me in awe of what you do you know i mean writing a book is hard work mm. writing a number of books is you know is hard work and uh, i'm completely blown away by like the creativity of authors that you know i get to meet you know, on a regular basis and hear about all their fresh ideas. It's so inspiring. Sadly, I think it almost like ends up intimidating me slightly because I think, okay, they're doing such amazing things. Can I really do that? But yes, it will happen. It will definitely happen. Um, but, uh, but it hasn't happened yet. But yeah, I, I absolutely love reading. And, you know, as I say, you know, we as a team here um, in mm -hmm. the in the London office are a team of book lovers. We have our own like reading challenge. We have uh, every year we set, I think we're up to 49 categories that we read across the course of a year. It's everything from like a book with a green cover or an author with three vowels in their name or a, a rom-com or whatever, completely random different categories. We all get very competitive when it comes to who gets reading through those categories first. But yeah, I read a lot. Um, I read across all genres i mean one of the great joys of my job is i get to meet so many inspiring authors and think yeah actually i would i'd love to read that book so across fiction non-fiction and so on you know in terms of favorite authors it's very rare for example that i don't look at um something by seamus heaney on a weekly basis haruki murakami is is a huge author that i really enjoy robert mcfarlane whole bunch of others um indie authors obviously present company i would uh, say two of my most favorite authors in the in the whole world um <laughs> And so many of the authors that I get to meet um, on a regular basis, it's I just love reading their books and, uh, and 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 have to sort of try and downplay the fanboy thing every time you get to meet them again and say, <laughs> yeah, I love that book. That was such a great book. But uh, but yeah, books is where we started. Yeah, but we are a team of book lovers and um, pretty much every day we will be talking about a book that we've read. We're looking forward to um, an author that we've met whose, whose story sounded really inspiring and, uh, and long may that continue. It's what's kept me in this industry for yeah. a large number of years is now excellent well, that's brilliant so at the, sorry you know i was going to move on to to ask about specifically what you've been reading um at the moment so at the end of sort of every every interview we ask um a couple of questions to to all of our um, guests and the first one is basically what have you been reading and watching recently ah, okay yes well reading I'm currently reading Babel by R.F. Quang, which my daughter recommended to me. Um, and um, and I think it came out, I think it was at the end of last year and, and was phenomenal, did, did really well. Um, and it was one of those sort of, oh yeah, I must get around to reading that. I must get around to that. And she finished reading it a few weeks ago and said, no dad, you have to read this. Here is my copy go read it now and i'm about a third of the way through and it is really really in, in, interesting sort of one of those sort of um slightly sort of historical but playing around with the historical narrative so there's a few changes sort of partly set in oxford partly set in london in the uk and, and uh, yeah she does these really sort of strange things where you think that this isn't quite historical but i can't quite work out why it isn't you know because she's just playing around with it a little bit uh, but yeah really enjoying that uh, watching that's a great question I've, I've been sort of out and about recently so i haven't actually been watching a huge amount i'm battling we as a family are battling our way through game of thrones which is obviously <laughs> like old old news yeah, that's for many 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 people that's it but <laughs> finally sort of getting our way through because we all have to be together and uh, and it's obviously quite a big investment so i think we're second to last season i think it is and we're about yeah, halfway right. through and what we tend to do is like watch an episode and then it'll be six months before we're all back in the house together and we can watch the next one so uh but yes we're getting there slowly but surely yeah. well, it's worth it i think it's a good team yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Something still on my to-do list. I only watched the first series and got fed ah, up halfway no. through the second, so I need to. <laughs> there you go. So I'm not. I'm not the last one to. Uh, to watch the last one. No. <laughs> no. Okay. The, this is usually the last question. We usually make it a two-part question. I don't know how the second part will work for you, but what have you been listening to? Like music, and oh. do you listen to music when you're? We usually say writing, but when you're in the office, or that, do you listen to music? Yeah, I, I love music. Music is my second sort of great passion behind reading. When I was when I left university and had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, it was essentially go work in a bookshop or go work in a record shop. And uh, and I ended up going down the bookshop route. Um, I yeah, again, listened to a whole bunch of things. I think probably one of my favorite bands at the moment is a band called Snow Ghosts, um, who are really sort of interesting, a slightly sort of um, electronic driven 
a great vocalist and some really um, like sort of really intense atmospheres. And um, yeah, I've been listening to them almost on repeat um, over the last sort of few weeks or so and love not necessarily sort of a huge amount of rock guitar, but John Martin is somebody I listen to a lot. Nick Drake. And there's a, a book come out about him recently, which I'm very looking forward to reading. And um, so there's some of my recent highlights. I had also the, the great joy of taking my daughter to see Depeche Mode for the first time uh, in oh, wow. Twickenham a couple of weeks ago. So we went as a family, the three of us, and yeah, she absolutely loved it. And she's actually studying a music degree and got to write a paper about Depeche Mode where I had to photograph for her the, the sleeves of all my old vinyl and it made me feel like a sort of museum <laughs> when I said yeah. no, no, these are historical records you, know, you need to get them out so she can include some references in a paper she was writing it was uh, oh, yeah. great but also slightly depressing as well so you're like a curator archivist <laughs> of old dusty old tones of rock there you go. music and pop bring music. out the vinyl although vinyl's coming back isn't it yeah, so, it's definitely yeah. Back, yeah. Back. so yeah I, and I think that's one of the great joys of like family like you know with my daughter recommending Babel to me is, is being able to introduce your children to what you love authors that you know love or music yeah. you love and vice versa you know it coming back at you yeah. and thinking i would never have read this or would never have listened to this but i'm so glad that i did and you know that's that's what books are all about and i guess what alt music is all about as well is it inspires people to share and really sort of inspires people to sort of get behind a particular writer or a band or whatever it might be and uh, it's such a great uh, place to be involved in in the publishing world yeah we're going to see uh, motley Crue and def leppard with my mm. daughter next week i don't really know why because it's me that likes that music but that's what we're doing next week oh brilliant (laughs) well on that note of talking about inspiration and inspiring things and writing and music so you've been a great inspirational guest so thanks very much thank you very much it's been great to be here thank you for the invitation it was great speaking to you thank you it's it's something a bit different for our listeners i think and helpful hopefully I'm sure they'll really enjoy it because, um, as I said, we've got lots of people, lots of writers will be really interested. And hopefully, you know, there'll be somebody out there listening to this that will actually think, you know what, I'm going to take that book out of the bottom drawer of my hard drive and (laughs) um, go and and find, you know, KDP and stick it on the stick on Amazon and see how it goes. So, yeah, absolutely. That would be that would be great. And yeah, we'd love to hear if there was. And then who knows, maybe in a year's time. You know, they're the one that won the storyteller contest, yeah. and, wow. uh, and they'll be back to talk to you about it. That would be quite something. That would be great. That yeah. would be something. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, Darren. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Darren. Thank you both. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please take a moment to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on, and don't forget to subscribe. Let us know if you have any questions or things you would like us to cover in future episodes. We're on Facebook facebook.com forward slash rock paper swords podcast and twitter at rock underscore swords the theme music is written and performed and copyrighted by us until next time a rock paper swords is goodbye from me matthew harfey and it's goodbye from me stephen a mckay otherwise known as mrs doubtfire and remember whatever action and adventure you have going on in your life be kind stay safe and happy reading (laughs) 